Welcome to the Networking for the People podcast series. If you're looking for guidance on NFTs, you've come to the wrong place. But stick around anyway, as we figure out what our friends are up to, why they are doing what they do, and how they ended up getting there in the first place. I'm Robert. Welcome to NFTP. Today, we welcome Abe Chung and Kai Lam. Abe is a Queens native, one of the chemical engineers that stuck true to his schooling. He loves digging into delicious meals and caring for his community through his work with the InterVarsity organization. Kyle, a fellow Queens native and the other chemical engineer that stuck true to his schooling. He helped lead our chemical engineering team to the ultimate Frisbee championship. Sadly, the only time we ever had that in college, but nonetheless, he has also expanded his culinary conquests by recently recreating Gordon Ramsay's Beef Wellington, which I think we were all uh, interested to see, but it came out well. I'm happy to have both of them here. Abe, Kyle, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. I'm ready to just jump right in today. Who are you guys? What do you do in whatever order you feel best? So, uh, yes, my name is Abe Chung. I uh, went to Cooper Union and studied chemical engineering. And yeah, I worked uh, now working in a field in a very traditional route, I guess. So I work, Kyle and I work for a company that is in the industry known as a process technology licensor. And so we license or basically sell the designs or schemes for plants that will produce petrochemicals or are used for refining purposes. And so that that covers a lot of different things. Um, but basically just anything take, being taken from crude oil to uh, more valuable petrochemicals and just chemicals in general, our company will provide the, the overall design for. And so just as process engineers at that company, we are really going into the details of some of the equipment and just the conditions that everything's being operated at. And so it's really been a big culmination of a lot of the things that we, learn in, we learned in school. So um, yeah, that's just like a very high overview, I guess, of, of what we do. Oh, thanks, Abe. Oh. Yeah, and I think Abe nailed it perfectly. All of our major keywords and buzzwords, but the best way <laughs> I've actually tell others about what our job description is on like a day to day, it's the best analogy I've have is to that of an architect in designing a house. While the architect does all of the early planning and designing for the home based on what the client wants, we would do the same based on what our clients want. If they want to produce a plant, oh, I'm sorry, if they want to operate a plant that produces X amount of tons of whatever product we and we know how to do that. So we'll generate all the information they need. Our final deliverable is essentially a book of sheets of paper that tell you what every piece of equipment needs, what all your piping requirements are, and mm -hmm. our value is and our experience and our know how in terms of making these investments very reliable. They can trust that it's going to work at the end. Yeah, I really like that comparison, actually. I think it paints a really clear picture of the architect to the house as you guys in your roles are to a chemical plant. You know, in back in our education, we played around with a lot of different points of view, let's say, uh, when it came to designing chemical plants or looking at different pieces to it. But now that you guys can actually architect the whole the whole system kind of end to end, that's really exciting to hear. I'm curious how you guys got into your current roles in a very closely related field to, let's say, pure petroleum, pure oil and gas. Abe and I both graduated with our bachelor's in 2018. Lummis was actually at the fall on-campus recruiting, and I had the opportunity to meet a alumni who 
was actually working at Lummis at the time. We went through on-campus interviews, followed by on-site interviews uh, before I was extended an offer to join as a process engineer. And then from there, we actually have a rotational program, which essentially gives you a chance to get a taste of the different technologies that we offer as a company so you can learn as much as possible in those early years as a young engineer um, before transitioning to being a process engineer. And Abe, did you have a similar experience? Because I know, if I recall, you started working at the same company in a similar role shortly after Kyle. I could be wrong. But what was your interview process like? Did you similarly go through that career fair and then go kind of along the path Kyle described? Or was your uh, sequence a little different? Yeah, so the actual, the, the beginning process of it did start out the same. Uh, we were able to interview in that same that same time uh, and with the, with the same person. I was actually extended an offer much later, just uh, based on the their need at the time. And so I did I did get to start at this uh, at the same time as Kyle did, but the position was a little bit different in that the it was a contract position, and I think I was I believe I was only contracted to work for six months but that was subject to change just based on uh, you know just continuing to observe their workload and what their requirements might have been uh, thankfully I, I was extended a full-time offer uh, just a couple months into the position and so we were able to transition into into full-time from that contract so yeah it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't too much different uh, there were just like little things just like little logistical details um, HR details that ended up being a little bit different mm-hmm. but for the most part uh, otherwise just in terms of you know experience and all that that's been pretty similar you know it's it's interesting kind of contract roles they're so valuable both i think for the people because you can kind of see it in two ways one you are looking at the end of the day to get a full-time role perhaps there's more benefits associated with it whether it's health benefits or anything else but it also gives you a chance to try something out, right? Even if it's for, let's say, a six-month stint. You just kind of, uh, you don't have to commit full-time if you don't like it, right? Within those few months, either from your end or from the company's end. So it's sometimes nice to have that flexibility. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's, uh, you know, one of the common phrases that you'll hear is just getting your foot in the door. So that's Mm -hmm. definitely a, you know, positive way to look at something It's interesting also, I think, not to harbor on this point too much, but I personally didn't know too much about um, the differences between contractor roles and full-time roles starting off in my space, in the biotech space. But then I was very quickly introduced to the differences and that was kind of a learning experience and a little, little bit eye-opening for me. You guys kind of described your process of having the opportunity at a career fair, immediately kind of putting your skills into action through that traditional chemi path. While myself and some others from our class went into biotech and pharma, others into finance, technology, etc. Uh, you both stuck with it. <laughs> like I said before, at the minimum made some of our faculty happy. Oil and gas as an industry gets quite scrutinized, um, though we see on the news, maybe not daily, but several of the big players such as BP, British Petroleum, and Exxon do advertise their plans to grow into a more sustainable space. Did you both know that you'd be in the oil and gas space or did you kind of picture yourselves in it because of your education? And then from what you may have seen in the news or read about before you actually started your job, what was your initial perception of it and how have your minds changed or not changed since the since beginning working in that space? Uh, yeah, I can I can get us started. Yeah, the initial perception for, for me was very narrow. 
I guess, yeah, in terms of like just what I thought about chemical engineering going into it, one of you know, the first thoughts were just like petroleum、mm-hmm. and like petroleum engineering, <laughs> and like you think about that. But I mean, like, you know, going into senior year, finishing up our undergrad career, I definitely didn't like think or expect that I would be going into the oil and gas industry. I actually did have, you know, a couple other thoughts. And I almost didn't even interview for, for Lummis at that time, just because I hadn't, I hadn't heard of the company. But yeah, I mean, being in this industry and this company specifically, is, it's really interesting because, you know, our company itself、mm-hmm. doesn't own or operate any of these commercial plants. To be able to see at a very high level a lot of the things that are going on and a lot of the different processes that are, you know, just made so important. These days, it's, it's really interesting. There's definitely a lot to learn. You know, higher ups at our company will say, like, you can spend five, ten years at this company, and still there's so much to learn about these different、uh, petrochemicals and, and the process, processes to, to produce them. But just, you know, going into a little bit of you know, what you mentioned about the industry being scrutinized, yeah, there's even within our company too, there has been a lot of talk these days about being a player in the energy transition. And you know, trying to get a head start on that as much as possible. And I definitely agree. We do want to get into that space and try to try to start as early as possible. Yeah, in like five or 10 years, that really will be the reality moving into what people say, like the green economy, the circular economy, things like that. And so it, it's a little harder to say you know, that our company is making these pledges to. To be more sustainable and things like that, because it really depends on the clients that we work with and the work that they're starting. But yeah, we definitely see that. And, and also, just within the different technologies that we license, we're venturing more and more into those kinds of spaces and just seeing how we can use our expertise to still go into that, that transition, really. I'm going to have a hard time trying to add pieces to what Abe said because he nailed a lot of the really important points. <laughs> <laughs> kind of just to chime in back on what you mentioned about making some of the faculty happy, is I actually remember、um, in our senior year in the fall, as they were getting ready to do interviews for places at like Lummis, one of our professors was like, Hey, only five of you have signed up for interviews, and you guys are missing out on such a great opportunity to like work in a traditional engineering role. It was like, a, if you guys, you guys should all seriously, seriously consider working at Lummis. And I, I'd like to believe that I. Had signed up for the interview before that, but if I hadn't, he probably g- gave me that last little push I needed to sign up. From my personal experience and like my personal history, I actually had no strong inclinations to go into oil and gas at all. It was always an option, it's always like something、mm-hmm. that's considered when you're studying to be a chemical engineer. But in terms of interest, I had actually thought that I was going to go into a more pharmaceutical、um, industry role. There、mm-hmm. were certain reasons that that kind of became less and less interesting to me over time. I definitely have no regrets being where I've been these past few years. Yeah, thanks, Kyle. Both you guys proved, even I remember in class, you guys were always kind of le- leading the way and were able to put together the ideas that, are probably, that you're probably using on a day to day basis now. So, you know, the hard work do- did get rewarded. So I'm sure you guys are doing a great job now. I think also an interesting thing about the three of us all being from New York City is kind of location when it comes to thinking about the oil and gas industry. There aren't too many roles. There, you know, there's a handful within, let's say, the greater New York City area.、Um, New Jersey has a couple of opportunities. 
you know, when you think of the big players, they're down in Louisiana, they're down in Texas, some in Florida. So I think location definitely played a big part, at least at least for me, when I was looking at some of those roles and I wanted to be close to home. I don't know if you guys had similar thoughts. It kind of worked out in, in the end, you, you know, New Jersey's not too far away, but location for me was really important, I think, when it came to making decisions about where I wanted to work full time. Yeah, definitely. Just like you said, when I was considering a career in the oil and gas industry, uh, the first thing I thought of was having to move away from my family and friends all in the New York area to go to somewhere like Texas. And I I thought it would be mm. very lonely and dif- difficult to make that kind of transition. Being able to work in this industry while still staying, you know, 45 minutes away from home. I currently live in New Jersey by choice of me not wanting to make that kind of commute, which is totally doable. Me living in New Jersey, like, oh, with some small separation from family and friends back in in New York uh, is totally by choice. And that is essentially one of the big points, one of the major selling points of me joining Mm. Remus um, as a college senior who didn't want to like make too many changes all at once uh, just to kind of maintain as much control as I could. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I totally understand that. Yeah, me too. Uh, Same thing, like even, even before senior year and even before realizing that I'd be in this industry and going into this company, I was like mentally preparing my family to, to let them know, you know, I might be moving out to like <laughs> Texas or California or somewhere like that. Just so, you know, it wouldn't be a tragedy when, when that happened, just cause that's kind of, right. yeah. When yeah. It, and cause when that's kind happens. of the idea that we had to before really going into, you know, some of the companies that are around us. Yeah. That's a good point. I want to take a step back from what we're doing right now to something that I think all three of us will connect to and perhaps have different <laughs> reactions to. Going back to going back to our youth, shall I say, the three of us rounded out quite the trifecta of schools going back even to high school, Stuyvesant, Bronx High, and Brooklyn Tech. And I think we made sure to let each other know that when we all <laughs> met each other. Well, I don't want to get too, well, I don't want to get too into that uh, sore subject area. Perhaps I will touch on the awfully competitive spirit between the three in athletics and academics. Do you guys ever think about that time and feel as though it may be a place where you can draw inspiration or energy from, from the perspective of having a, you know, a foundation that you're comfortable with that teaches you about that competitive spirit, but also, you know, informs you of the collaborative spirit. So maybe just to to reiterate the question do you guys look back to that time and feel as though it may be a place where you can draw inspiration or energy from i yeah i could i could say that and you know i I of course can say that it was more so at my school than some of the other schools in the new york uh, new york area maybe but but yeah just focus it focus that i put into like math and science classes in in school then because even even then i did know that i wanted to sort of go in that direction that's that's kind of where i personally excelled and so yeah just being able to take advantage of those classes the advanced classes um the ap's and you do hear about some some other schools where they may not have had those exact opportunities because you know just whether it's a matter of budget or student interest you know those those are opportunities that i'm definitely thankful for and yeah i guess the the competitiveness between the three schools too that was that was a big theme that i do remember honestly like even even then i was i wasn't so like hot about 
making sure that people knew that Bronx Science was the best. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was. I think it was a good time overall to look back on, lay that foundation for some of the deeper studies of like that math and science and eventually, you know, the STEM field. Yeah. Yeah. And from my end, I feel like specialized high schools themselves weren't, they never felt incredibly like different. I, I'm sure that there were plenty of privileges that were available to us at specialized high schools that I don't recognize were privileges. Um, but I've always, I've always believed that the biggest value in going to any of the specialized high schools was majorly surrounded by other students who had a strong focus in academics and were driven, really striving to succeed. To me, that was good for my own personal habits in terms of my work ethic and my own drive to you know, do well in school and any other avenues. But just being surrounded by those kinds of people and then you know seeing them succeed is inspiring it, not necessarily in like a i felt like i was competing with them in kind of a way but it just right right yeah just being surrounded by those kinds of students all the time just made for a very healthy environment because there was also no like stigma if you were seriously in, into your academics because the <laughs> vast majority of people around you were right. all seriously <laughs> about their academics yeah um and then in terms of like the inter-school thing, but between the three main specialized high schools, I feel like Stai gives everybody a bit of like a air of superiority, but it's all like ego that kind of stays within Stai. Doesn't really matter all that much. I don't think it ever mattered to me or to anybody I ever talked to, but <laughs> every school has their own pride. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you have and to a little the bit. The other right? takeaway I, I have from like specialized high schools is when you are focused on, you know, maths and sciences or any academics, being admitted to the specialized high schools themselves is like a big acknowledgement of your skills and your work. And it gives you that confidence to go on to work hard in your classes and then go on to colleges and continue to work hard. And then one main one that immediately comes to mind was kind of the striving to succeed and kind of creating a collaborative space because you see other people working and hopefully it motivates you in one way or another. You know, our three unique experiences back then kind of helped us out as we made our way through college and now we're working, you know, through our first or second careers, getting out of rotational programs and finding those, you know, specialties or the things that we're interested in. And we can always think back to, okay, like, why am I interested in this? Where, where and when was I first inspired by this? And sometimes that could be a good reflective moment to say, hey, you know, this is really difficult, but this is what I wanted to do. And I will be better and stronger kind of coming out on the other side when I can solve this problem. Yeah, the, the challenge of those schools, I, it really pushes you very clearly in one of two directions. Are you a competitive person that like your main concern is being the top rank or are you a more collaborative person where you like seeing yourself and the people close to you succeed and I, I think I can speak for the three of us on this factor is that all of us became that kind of collaborative group work kind of person because we worked throughout nearly all of our courses at Cooper together supporting each other through different uh, assignments and study sessions and different projects. So now that you guys have been in your roles for a couple of years, again, you know, Abe, you started in the contract role, Kyle initially as full-time, but then Abe, you were very quickly converted um, and now you guys are pretty much in the same boat. Have you ever previously discussed your experiences 
or rather the differences in your experience in the last couple of years, different projects, different uh, exploratory uh, journeys. Um, have you found any interesting differences, whether they were projects, whether it's location or even perhaps how you guys were treated? Yeah, so you, you brought up the main point about how I was brought on as a full-time employee at the very beginning and Abe had to make that transition from contract to full-time. That happened so early on to our time at Lummis that to me, I felt that it should never show uh, in terms of the opportunities were offered or the responsibilities were given. Abe and I speak pretty openly to each other about what we're working on, how we're feeling about different assignments and things like that. It gives us better perspective on both our own growth as well as the growth of the people around us so we can make sure that we are where we want to be in our group of peers because we were hired in a group in total of 10 young engineers, which was a crazy size at the time. After a few people have left, I think we're down to around six. By the two of us communicating with each other, we know what a third of the playing field is looking like for young engineers. And that's only helped us. Yeah, for sure. So there, there's been a huge level of transparency between us, uh, just in, in, yeah, in terms of anything that we might have felt was different in terms of how we were just how we were treated as employees in general to the specifics of you know the work that we may have been working on at at any given moment and even even now you know we'll go to each other as sort of like even though we're working on different projects or different assignments oh, yeah. we'll go to each other as a sort of technical sanity check and just uh, work and think through whatever we might be working on and so that mm -hmm. of course adds to the transparency of you know what the other per what the other person is working on and just what sort of experiences they're being uh, they're they're going through it really depends on the the work that's going on mm -hmm. in the company in general and so it, that that will decide what we're doing and so that's that's always been different for for Carl and myself but you know just to you know we we learn different things from from that of course as well because we'll be working with different departments and you know i i my first like specifically for myself i worked on a project where i've had to work with a team that did cfd for one of our equipment and just i was involved in that process in terms of getting that rolled out into the actual project and so mm -hmm. that's that's something that's very specific it just depends on where that spe specific technology is and what, at what point of the project we're you know making that sort of innovation or change and I, you know, I'm sure Kyle has those experiences as well but yeah just it, the general things like that yeah in terms of also when different opportunities arise um, Abe and I have at this point both been given the opportunity to travel for work once we actually both um, went to China for different projects at different times and for different uh, purposes uh, Abe I believe went for a kickoff meeting with clients, whereas I went for a piping checkout in China. Mm -hmm. So while Abe was doing meetings with clients throughout most of the day um, for, for consecutive days, I was walking through a chemical plant and making sure that everything mm -hmm. was built to our design. Neither of those opportunities were particularly saved for either of us but they arose at a time where we were transitioning from one project to another, and we could learn a lot mm -hmm. from either getting that kind of interface with clients or getting that kind of exposure to the actual plant for some hands-on experience. Thanks. This past six months, I've had my first chance to lead a project 
Um, I'm one of the earlier people in our group of hires to get a chance to lead the project, but in my transparency with Abe, he's been able to get a better idea as to what kind of respons new responsibilities he should expect for himself soon, because there's so such little differences between you know, what either of us have achieved and what we've done in the amount of time that we've been at the company. So perhaps the last thing I'll bring up today as we wrap up um, our episode here, and it's kind of my favorite question that I've been thinking about most recently. How do you both feel about the progress you've made in your roles? I know, Kyle, you just described you're now working through your first kind of leadership experience with, with your projects. Including that, excluding that. Yeah, I'm definitely very happy to have gotten the chance to lead a project. It's definitely the part of the career path that I saw for myself in terms of once I understood how to execute projects, it's the next step for me to be learn how to guide other young engineers through executing a project. Um, it's been very fulfilling to work with engineers that are somehow younger than I am despite still feeling so new to working a full-time job, um, teaching them how to do different calculations and answering questions that they had that I also had when I was in their shoes, you know, one to two years ago. In terms of best practices mm -hmm. that kind of make me feel like I'm accomplishing something each day is making sure I'm keeping very clear right. communications with my team, making sure that nobody is confused about anything either on the technical side or on the project planning and execution side and as also getting a chance to talk to experts that have been at the company for so many years that have such valuable knowledge that they're willing to share um, there's every time i sit down and talk with my manager about anything technical i walk out of his office learning half a dozen new things from why we include the smallest nozzles where we include them or some of the larger structures are even built on these plants just to support everything else. Mm -hmm. And that goes to something you were saying, uh, I think when we first started talking, is there's always more to learn. Um, you could be in the same role <laughs> for you know, 5, 10, 15 years even, but equipment's changing, new new research is always coming out, so there's always better <laughs> ways of doing things. Yeah, so. Uh, so th yeah, there's always more to learn, and I think even though I personally haven't had the opportunity to lead in a project i've i i have felt the same sort of lessons learned and experiences that kyle was just, was just mentioning um, just about the opportunity to work with some of the younger engineers that started after us and to realize you know like if they ask you a question you're you've like i've actually learned something and i'm able to explain it to them and not just say you know it's because that's that's just the way that we've always done it but to actually be able to explain um, the reasons why something is designed this way or or something is designed another way um, but yeah also i guess moving on to more of those practices that we're putting in place yeah just pushing yourself to learn a little bit more through through those details um and i think one thing that, that Carl mentioned also was about you know his conversations with some of the upper management and some of the leads that he's been working with and just his role in like the project execution mm -hmm. aspect. But I think even uh, you know just as you become more experienced as an engineer in general, you are more equipped to sort of help in in that progress. In in either case, you're you know you know how some of these how the team should operate and you have you have a better idea of the flow of the project as we as we progress through it 
And so just, you know, applying those things because, you know, that that will help the the leads and the other engineers that you're working with as well. And and just to, you know, apply that in, in everything, right? Mm-hmm. There's always more to learn, but then also to be mindful that, you know, there have there are things that you know and that you can apply in making, you know, those those strides forward, I guess. That totally makes sense. I think one thing I think about the two of your combined uh, answers there is kind of one of the principles of servant leadership, which is having an unselfish mindset. And I look at that from the perspective of, you know, you have people that are less experienced to you. They're coming to you with questions. You don't know the answer to it, but perhaps the two or more than the two of you talk about it and you both come to an answer or perhaps a way to an answer. And I think that's truly like one of the best possible things that could happen. You're coming at a problem with different ideas. You're uh, encouraging that diversity of thought, which is perhaps a different element of servant leadership. But I see that from the perspective of you're coming at it from different sides, from your own different experiences, and just your time and a role. Right? I think even that can point to the fact that the industry is always changing and there's new research coming out. It's impossible to read everything. It's impossible to know everything. But having that trust in other people to come to you with those ideas is what's going to benefit all of us at the end of the day. So thank you again, Abe and Kyle, for your time, insights today. And I really enjoyed hearing about uh, your different experiences, your different perspectives and day-to-days even, uh, your different uh, travels to the same place, but taking very different approaches to what happened or taking different things back, perhaps, from that experience. I'm sure it brings our professors again a little joy that two of the best in our class are putting those Chemi skills to work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope I hope we're doing them we're doing them good. But uh, but yeah, it was uh, definitely a pleasure. Yeah, Rob, thanks Thank for, having, for having, us having us on your podcast. We're glad to be some of your guests. Well, yeah, thanks again, guys. I really appreciate your time again. Thanks to all our listeners. Please visit our website at nftpcast.com. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram. If you're interested in learning more, complete the Google form in our podcast description and website to stay in touch. Submit future topics and industries for us to cover, recover, and discover. Tune in for the next episode and see you next time. Hi, this is Tyler, the sound engineer with the Networking for the People podcast. If you like today's episode and the music we played, check us out on Facebook and Instagram and at nftpcast.com. Thanks so much and have a great day.